10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Bristol, this is The Drive Home with Gemma Drinkle. Hello everyone, how are we doing today? I'm really glad to be with you today and um, we are talking all about middle leadership. What it takes to be a good middle leader, what are the challenges that you face and also how you can actually thrive in the middle leadership job role. It's a great place to be in the school, but let's find out more about it. Live from Bristol, this is The Drive Home with Gemma Drinkle on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. I've made it, people. My name's on the jingle. We're here to stay. Amazing. I'm really sorry for the late start today, people. I uh, managed to log myself out, but uh, that's all aside now. And we are here for the full hour and a half until 5.30. So I really hope that you've had a truly awesome uh, couple of weeks and that you're now kind of, is it okay to mention Christmas? I know it's still November but I'm basically there. So I am going to mention it. I hope you're like excited about the roll on to Christmas. Um, and I feel that loads of people this year have just gone, you know what, sod it. Let's, let's just start Christmas in November. So, so many people have already got the trees up. Are you that person? Have, have you already got your Christmas tree up or your Christmas lights um, up and ready? I was fighting with my Christmas lights earlier and decided to put them away for another day. <laughs> and I'll put the tree up another time. But yeah, so November... It's nearly December and some news that has uh, come up in the past week or I think went live on Thursday, which you may or may not have heard about. And yes, I said today's show is on middle leadership and it is, but I am taking a slight detour around before I get there. Um, Education Support revealed their Teacher Wellbeing Index of 2021 last week. Um, if you haven't heard of Education Support, to be fair, I hadn't heard of them until a couple of months ago. They are a UK-based charity which is solely focused on teacher wellbeing and teacher mental health. So quite prevalent and quite useful, to be honest. And uh, they've been doing some research. They've been doing a... Um, well-being index for the past few years actually and I wanted to share with you some of the key findings um they are a little bit depressing I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna be um you know I'm gonna be completely honest with you that they aren't really um very positive um and it is a real reflection of you know the current situation in education but also the impact of the pandemic as well however um I think what's really useful for teachers to hear is actually you're not alone if if these numbers or figures are resonating with you and you're like oh my god that's me as well know that you're not by yourself in the slightest you know teaching is really hard at the moment and some people are quite open about their struggles and other people are, are a little bit more closed off about it and you know however you're dealing with it you know it's okay you're doing an amazing job um if you need more help, then do seek it out. Don't suffer in silence. 
So one of the top ones, uh, top stats that came through out of um, this year's Teacher Wellbeing Index is the fact that uh, three quarters of teaching staff experience behavioural or psychological or, symptom, or physical symptoms due to their work. And that's, you know, half of those thought it was related to anxiety. A third thought it was related to exhaustion. And um, about 30% thought that it was a sign of depression. And it's really, you know, it's a, it's a sorry state of affairs that education is currently in. However, you know, what was really interesting, um, a stat that came out of it, and give me a second to make sure that I find it, um, is the number of, um, or the percentage of teachers who felt better um, having spoken to someone about their mental health problems or the fact that they were struggling. So half of staff spoke to someone at school about the mental health and it gave them perspective. It helped them realise that they're not alone. And I think that's just a real key thing to take away at the moment is you are not alone. Um, you know, COVID feels like it's not exactly coming back because I know it never really went away, but like the return of masks um, in secondary schools this week, you know, it can peak our anxiety. It's another physical um, indication um, of, you know, the real danger that that our society faces at the moment. But knowing that you're actually not by yourself is really quite valuable and it's reassuring and obviously it doesn't really take away from the fact that you know mental health and well-being for educators at the moment is not in a good place but it does relate that actually if you don't feel like you're alone then you do feel that it is good and safe for you to reach out and say I'm not doing so good um Having said that, you know, 29% of staff consider that there is a stigma or feeling of shame which does prevent them from talking to others at work about their mental health problems. And that's a real shame because, you know, we are working so hard as a sector to reduce that stigma for students and to support student wellbeing and student mental health that really there is no reason why we shouldn't also be doing that for our teachers. And you know, if you're like, okay, well, our priority is the students and it always is. I hear you and I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah, you know, education is all about the students, but there is no education sector without our staff, without our teachers, without our teaching assistants, without everyone that contributes to the sector. So really, if we want to put our students first, we do have to do that by putting our educators first instead. And, you know, being open about struggles and you know saying what's going on um and opening yourself up so that people can actually be of help to you is way more effective than just kind of hiding in your own classroom and hoping that it goes away because you know <laughs> as we all know the to-do list never does go away so it's probably a more effective way to actually face it even though it sounds really difficult rather than just kind of keep going forward and the other aspect of that is, you know, if we don't tackle this, um, teacher retention will continue to be poor. So 54% of staff who completed this um, wellbeing index, they considered leaving the sector over the past two years due to the pressures on their mental health and wellbeing. And, you know, that's, that's a sorry state of affairs. You know, one in six teachers are leaving after their first year in teaching. And that's 
it's terrifying you know i mean it's it's we're losing so many valuable staff we're losing so much experience we're losing so much vitality um and our students don't benefit from that you know so i'd love to be hearing from you as the show goes on you know what what are the things that you think needs to be tackled first or what do you feel are the you know the first initial actions that we can be taking as a sector as a school or even just as an individual what can we be doing to really support each other and ensure that you know well-being continues to be a positive focus um on something that is actually done well in in schools so you know what I'm like, I love my well-being, So <laughs> I've, had my, I've had my rants about that. Let's, you know, switch it up a little bit. Let's go to the news. And then we will explore the world of middle leadership and what it's like to be a middle leader in education at the moment. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Department for Education has said it will employ attendance advisors at a rate of up to £500 per day to tackle persistent absence in schools. Schools Minister Robin Walker said, Every lesson that we can prevent a child from missing is another building block to their life chances, development and well-being. I recognise that Covid is still with us and causing some unavoidable absence. But this is all the more reason that we must all take action to address every avoidable reason for a child not being in school. Kevin Courtney, Joint General Secretary of the MEU Teaching Union, said, School leaders are no strangers to the diverse causes of absenteeism and have procedures in place to work on relationships with families and build a way back for pupils who have become disengaged from learning. This work is important, but can often be time-consuming. Any support forthcoming is to be welcomed, but is also incumbent on government to recognise its role in some of the causes of school absence. This ranges from a narrow and arid curriculum, driven by a culture of testing, which drains much of the pleasure away from learning, right through to the turbulence that disadvantage and poverty can bring to families where children may often have to take on carer roles themselves. We must also consider the sheer number of SEND pupils as yet undiagnosed and the mental health issues which have only increased during the pandemic. Fining parents and punishing students is not the approach that will address these issues. In Scotland, educational institutes are increasingly introducing gender-neutral toilet facilities. Schools in Dundee, East Renfrewshire and Edinburgh have all introduced these facilities following warnings in 2019 from Scottish National Party politicians and by the Scottish Equality and Human Rights Commission that schools would leave themselves open to lawsuits if they did not provide them. 
Parents across Scotland have, however, raised concerns over gender-neutral toilets in secondary schools, which can see 12-year-old girls and 18-year-old men sharing facilities. Harry Scott, Scottish Borders Councillor, said, Why is it not possible to have male, female and gender-neutral toilets, which would cater for the needs of everyone? Why can that not be achieved in our schools? This has been your daily education news briefing. So we're back and we're moving on to middle leadership with a slight detour. Not really, I'm joking. So in this uh, teacher wellbeing index, you know, 31% of staff turn to their colleagues first when they have problems at work. And middle leaders are very often those people that we turn to. Middle leaders are just like, I feel like they really are like the the spine, if you like, of school communities because they're in the middle, they, you know, they're, they're, they're covering all sorts of, of brilliant roles, you know, the academic side, the pastoral side, whether it's a particular subject or a particular key stage or looking at academic success for students or being those like senior pastoral leaders. Um, you know, there's, there's so much variety in like head of house, head of year, it's there's so much variety in the middle leadership landscape in education and I really feel like it's such a cool place to be because you know if you are a young teacher or a um, early career teacher you know you can aspire um, quite realistically to go into middle leadership within the first couple of years of um, being a teacher and it really does give you that wider experience of um the school community and it means that you can actually make a a much greater impact on students than you can merely in your own classroom and i think that's really the appeal of middle leadership very often is that not only are you still being an effective teacher in the classroom but you're also able to have that wider spread influence as well um, when I was a middle leader, I really liked the fact that actually it kind of brings in other skill sets as well. You know, it's not just um, being able to create um, and produce like, effective lessons and present those lessons um, and the marking and, and the data within that bit. But it's also um, further encouraging collaboration between other staff um having that greater impact with students and actually building even stronger relationships with students which is always brilliant um and it's just a really cool opportunity and it's also the fact that actually even across schools middle leadership can be incredibly varied um one of my guests today is tom summerby who is a former colleague of mine and the school that we both worked at is you know has just got numerous opportunities going through that you can just take up and you can also then balance different middle leadership roles as well and it really does give you kind of like that zest for life and that like encouragement that there's more that you can do and there's more variety to your role that can be had um I'm not sure if I'm in the minority here or not and um, this is probably a little bit of a controversial thing to say but I occasionally found like the process of teaching a little bit repetitive and, and a little bit dull. 
not very often I have to admit but I liked having time off my timetable to do other things and other activities because once I got into the fifth lesson of year eight teaching the same lesson yes it was different with the different kids but you know it was beginning to be a little like yes okay I've said this several times this week and I'm beginning to lose my mind so having that variety is just a really nice um, addition to your teaching role and I suppose if you're then aspiring to go even higher up the um ladder of leadership that it does give you a real taste um for for what that can be like and and having that reduced timetable and an increased um variety of roles or or impact across the school it's a really cool place to be so let's listen to our first guest for today so My first guest for today is Simon West, who, if you have uh, been listening to my show so far, he is the husband of Danielle West, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. And he is a um, subject leader in business studies. His story is really interesting, unique, because um, he took up his middle leadership role in his NQT year. So that gives him a really quite unique um, or relatively unique perspective on what middle leadership is really like. So um, unfortunately, Simon wasn't able to join me live on today's show. So it is a pre-recorded interview. So audience people um, do let me know if you cannot hear the interview as I press play. Do let me know. Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for joining me on Teachers Talk Radio. That's no worries. All happy to be here. Ah, thanks. Um, so our show today is on middle leadership, and you are a subject leader in business studies. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a trial by fire because I it was in my NQT year when I picked up the middle leadership. Um, so it was very much a case of they were like, "Do you want to have a go at this?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. What's the worst that can happen?" And then very quickly realises in NQT that a middle leadership is a lot more stressful than you think it is. Wow, kudos to you, because I mean, I remember being in NQT and I was just like, I can barely just deal with the day-to-day, let alone then supporting a department as well. That's, yeah, trial by fire, but yeah, how's it been? Uh, I think, to be honest, I felt very lucky because the, the original head of department left, and then the person who took it over was also the head of sixth form, but had been there throughout my whole teacher training. So she very much supported me through it. And I was given another um, head of department as like a mentor almost to bounce ideas off of. Um, so they sort of held my hand throughout that first little bit. And I think if I hadn't had the relationship with my team from working with them as a trainee, I honestly don't think I'd be able to do it as well as I can now um, because it's, to the point of we very much know what the other person's thinking. So I don't have to necessarily worry about them as much as I would have done coming in new. So I think that very much helped me. Um, without that, I'd have been absolutely scuppered. I hear you. So actually knowing your team and having that support straight from the offset sounds like it makes quite a difference. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the, it almost like with the kids, you build relationships with your students. If you haven't got that relationship with your team, I think no matter how good a middle lead you are, you're still going to struggle to get anything going. So I think almost spending that time to get to know your team before you do anything else is really important. Nice, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's it's kind of 
it's by definition isn't it like middle leadership that you you've you've not only got to be like a role model in the classroom but you've got to be developing that relationship with your team as well and and how has how has it been like being in in the middle in terms of your i don't know uh supervisor or senior leader whoever your um, line manager is um, I found it a really positive experience because the way our school works is we've partnered with other middle leaders. Um, so I'm in a triad with the subject leader for art and the subject leader for computer science. So we've all got very different backgrounds. And then we're paired up with our subject leader, who's also the head of behaviour. Um, but he is very much, he doesn't take a leadership role per se. His view of it is he is there to support us and to make us understand how good a job we are doing. Because as long as we are feel good about ourselves and doing a good job, we're going to do our job, which then makes him look good in the process. Um, so I think I've, I've almost, I don't want to say I've felt lucky, but I have with who I've got as my senior lead because he lets us know everything we need to know, but also gives us that freedom to be expressive in our own department, which I think is great. Um, because it's not a case of I ask him for permission with an idea. I come up with the idea and I tell him why I want to do it, why I'm passionate about it. And then he will say, okay, this is how we're going to put it in play. That's really cool. I mean, that, that, that's the freedom. I mean, it's, it was always something I felt as a teacher that actually we do have a lot of freedom to do kind of what we want. We're kind of like the ruler of our own classroom, but to have that wider influence as a middle leader to then be able to take that to your senior lead and say, I'm going to do this. And and then, and you said like for them to be there to support you, it sounds like a really positive system and, and experience that you're having as a middle leader. Yeah, it works well. And I find, um, he said the other week to us, because there's me and the head of art, we are very much critical people. We will always find the negative because if, if we find the negative, we can improve on the negative, we can make it better. And he said the other week, he was like, no, you need to stop and you need to look at all the positive things you've done, which I think as a middle leader, that's, I think, the main downside is you spend so much time looking at how to improve. You don't spend that time to stop and think, actually, no, I've done all of these amazing things beforehand. So I think that's the main thing for the SLT link is their job is to make you realise, actually, you're a middle leader for a reason and this is why you're doing all these amazing things. That's really cool and a really valuable reminder because we do particularly as teachers we have such a habit to go oh this needs improving or this is the next focus or that didn't go so well so I need to make that work better um switching it on its head and focusing on the positives I mean how, how does that then make you feel as, as a middle leader to focus on those positives instead I think it's obviously you don't, I don't want to focus on positive all the time because then you can get quite almost stuck in your ways a little bit mm. But I know in times of almost, oh, I want to use the word crisis, but not crisis, when you almost have an imposter syndrome of thinking, am I actually any good at this job? Sitting there and being almost forced to reflect on what you've done. And sometimes the little things you don't see because you're there every day, you're doing it, but that's making a massive difference. So by having someone holding your hand and saying, actually, no, you're doing A, B and C that's made a massive difference. I think really just boosts that mental health well-being that then helps you carry on each day throughout all the tough periods. That's a really good point that, yeah, if you're feeling positive about something, you're you're more likely to feel well about it as well. That sounds, that sounds like an amazing setup. I'm slightly envious and I'm not even like working <laughs> in schools anymore, Simon. It sounds brilliant. 
So if like, I mean, admittedly, you you went straight into as a middle leader as an NQT, which literally kudos to you. But if someone's like, is it time for me to be a middle leader? Is it something that I want to be looking towards? What what reflections or advice would you give? I think for me, I realised that I wanted to be a middle leader when I was coming up with ideas for my classroom or how I wanted my classroom to look or feel or the language I used. And it was getting to a point where I was trying, I was holding myself to ask permission, for permission too many times. And I thought, actually, no, it's time now for me to take control and spread how I want my classroom to feel across our whole department and really start making a difference here. Um, which, I mean, in hindsight, I was quite naive to the paperwork and the meetings and everything that came with it. But with rose-tinted glasses, it was a nice idea to think, yeah, I'm going to change the world now and start actually making a difference. <laughs> I love it. The, the paperwork kind of gets missed by. Yes, and the rose-tinted yeah. <laughs> glasses. Oh, and... that part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be amazing if that part just didn't exist, but uh, <laughs> reality, <laughs> reality says otherwise. So what would you say are like the, the top, skills that you are using each day as a middle leader um i'd say time management is a massive one i've never squeezed every minute out of a ppa than i do as now as a middle leader um and i think it's having those different hats on because i, I very much try to when i'm teaching not being a middle leader i still try and remember as i'm an nqt make sure every lesson is outstanding because i think if you keep that middle leader head on at all times your lessons are going to slip because you've got a million different things to think about um, and having the ability to communicate effectively at different levels because obviously the way you communicate with your SLT is different to how you may pass on a concern that a student had about a member of staff or a concern staff's had about students. So I think it's, it's making sure you manage your time and being able to talk effectively in different scenarios with different hats on. And yeah. I think the ability to just shut off and realise that you're only going to get so much done in a day. There's always tomorrow to come back and do that job you didn't get done. How how do you manage that? Because, you know, thinking about my time as a, as a middle leader, if I didn't get something done, I felt really guilty about it. Does that come across for you? Or how do you deal with it if it, if it does arrive in your day? Yeah, um, I used to write a to-do list and then I stopped writing to do lists because I found I just kept adding more and more things to the to-do list than I actually <laughs> crossed them off. Um, so I now try and write just a list of things I've done in that day so I know what I've done, what I've achieved and I'd love to say that I switch off completely but I made the terrible mistake of putting my emails on my phone so I will still reply to them when they come in um, and I don't think that guilt ever goes away because even when you're off ill, you're still checking your emails because I think that lack, that control is there and you worry that other people aren't going to do it the way you do it. Um, I make a point of not taking any marking home. I leave that all at school now. So it, I, I think if I reply to an email, that's going to take me two seconds. If I take my laptop and my marking home, that's the whole evening gone. So I think it's just balancing what I do in work and outside of work, along with that list of completed jobs helps me feel some sense of achievement every day. I don't feel as guilty pushing a job from one day to the next. 
and I guess like that comes back around to, to what you're saying earlier about your your senior leader saying let's focus on what you are doing and the positives that you're doing I mean I've never thought to actually just write down what I've done how even though you don't have a to-do list how do you then balance all the things or remember all of the things that you've got to do if you don't write it down um a lot of stuff I do have a to-do list that pings in through my emails um, but I used to keep that our Google mail system would let you split your screen half emails half to do list now I just cross that off and that I look at it periodically um, but not necessarily one that's always there I used to have it consistently on my desk or consistently on my screen so I always see it whereas our desks are all white so my achieved list I literally grab a whiteboard pen and I write it right next to where I'm sat so it's always there for me to see so the to-do list is there, it's just at the back of my mind, whereas the achieved list is always there for me to see when I sit down. That's really cool. What what effect does that have for you then, to have the achieved list always there, the to-do list at the back of your mind? I think it helps almost to use the word to like compartmentalise it, so I can put that pressure and that stress and that guilt to one side, but I'm always reassuring myself with those positive messages and the positive things I'm doing throughout the day. And it's helping me to do what my SLT link does in the meetings when we're at, say, a crisis point. I can do that all the way through. So I find that I'm staying more positive and more on top of things because I'm seeing what I'm doing. And my brain is going, yeah, you're like a child now. You want one more thing on the list because then you can give yourself a gold star that you can draw on your desk. <laughs> I love that. And actually, it's just, it's just such a... It's a different way of thinking. I mean, this is why I love talking to teachers anyway. Like, everyone's got their own way of doing something. And I would never have thought to do that because my, my philosophy when I was a teacher was that's ticked, that's done, it's now out of the way. I've totally forgotten that I've done it, totally forgotten that I've achieved something today. But actually putting it completely on its head, I'd be interested to hear how many people go, oh, I thought of that. I, I think I might take up Simon's step there. That's really quite impressive. So, yeah, what, what else do you feel is a, a good tip for, for future middle leaders or, or people that feel right, just snowed under, literally outside and in my mind as well at the moment? Um, I think for me, the best thing I found, it's easier as a business middle leader because we don't have this massive cohort. If I was a maths middle leader, this would be a, a very different story. But I try to make sure I have at least one hour of teaching with every class within our faculty. Um, because oh. that way I know every single student. I know how every class is doing. I haven't got to ask my teachers because I know to some extent. That is not a control thing. It's not me being the main teacher. It's just I feel that for me to lead effectively, I can help with every single class. So if there's a behaviour issue, I may know how to deal with it. Or if I have a behaviour issue, they may know how to deal with that student. Um, and I think in terms of feeling snowed under, because I think as a middle leader, especially with all the, the COVID pandemic and the DFE guidelines that are coming out, it's really easy to feel snowed under. So I think almost, because I know some people like having a to-do list and prioritise those key jobs that you cannot get to tomorrow without. So if you've got mock exams tomorrow, you can't get your mock exams and you haven't printed your mock exam papers. But actually by doing that job that may seem massive, really isn't a very long job. It's sent in an email, maybe printed it yourself. But that will make you, your well-being feel a lot better. And 
I'd say it's vital to partner up with another middle leader because sometimes you feel better if you're having a rubbish day going and seeing them and saying, I feel overwhelmed. And actually them saying, yeah, I feel the same. Makes you feel that you're not on your own. You've got someone there to support you and you can help each other get through these tasks that are making you feel that way of snow thunder. So I think find the most important jobs and prioritise and speak to other middle leaders because they are vital for helping you feel successful. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, very very often as teachers, you, know, you feel like you've got to do everything and that it's your responsibility to do everything. But yeah, that prioritisation can really help. And, and also where possible, delegating, I suppose, if, if yeah. that's an opportunity that you can take advantage of. I mean, I, I love students marking their own work. I just think that's a use them to and they learn that way so i find that's a yeah, helpful yeah, yeah. delegation <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh, talking to other middle leaders is is a really useful technique because you know very often as teachers and, and then not only classroom teachers but middle leaders you can feel really isolated as a middle yeah. leader you may not feel that you can turn to anyone and as a classroom teacher it's just like it's just me in my classroom and and those four walls just seem to close in on you so having that person that you can talk to as well and, and I guess because they're in a different department you can kind of be I don't know more open and honest about how things are going rather than fearing judgment because that that every subject is is different as you say yeah 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 100% um yeah. and it's nice to learn like part of the art, the first question I ask them is how on earth do you apply your mark scheme to your work? Because in business it's very set. If they write this sentence, they get this mark. It's like how can you judge that to art? So I think even as a learning experience, it helps keep you on your toes with what you're doing in the classroom. So I think as a middle leader, it's easy to slip into that slope of focusing on the paperwork and not your teaching. But by talking to people from different backgrounds, it keeps you on your toes at all times of being the best teacher you possibly can be. That sounds so fresh, Simon. I absolutely love that. You, the sense I'm getting from you is that it, you're so open to new experiences, to learning, um, to not taking yourself too seriously, but knowing what, what is necessary and, and keeping that standard up for your students as well, because ultimately this, this is what we do, isn't it? It's, it's, we do everything for our students. Yeah, and I think it's, that, it's almost that added pressure because um, I feel as a middle leader, as a subject leader of business, I should be the best business teacher in the department. So I feel like I have to almost keep myself on top of my toes because I can't sit and tell my team to do A, B and C if I'm not doing it myself, if not better than what I expect them to do it. I think that's the, the best way to lead is to lead by example. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I suppose your limitations of not taking marking home and, you know, having that cut off point saying right in the classroom I'm a teacher but outside the classroom I'm, I'm the middle leader is hopefully role modeling good behavior to your to your staff as well yeah yeah hopefully that's the plan <laughs> <laughs> what we always hope to do I'm aware that you are going to go decorate a Christmas tree in a moment so <laughs> I literally I'm so envious I can't wait to get my Christmas tree up this week <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been amazing to talk and um, I really hope that the listeners benefit from the, the tips and advice and reflections that you've given. That's awesome. Thank you for your time. It's been lovely to have a chat. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Need support with your phonics teaching? 
Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. My body chose the most inconvenient time to try and yawn just as the advert's finished. Thank you, body. I really hope you enjoyed that um, interview with Simon West. He is a terrific inspiration, I feel, because he's. Uh, this is also extended to his, his wife, Danielle, who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, that just so level-headed and just able to put things into perspective and, and say, yeah, okay, things do get uh, difficult sometimes, but acknowledging that actually you, you do what you can and um and do the best that you can and and that that's all that you can do and i think that perspective is is really good because as teachers and as middle leaders we can sometimes feel like right it's all down to me and i've really got to do everything and complete all the work and make sure that i'm the most motivational dedicated confident role model that I can possibly be and that can feel really overwhelming and particularly when you you enter a new role um, either within your current school or entering a new school because then it is really as Simon said it's about um, relationship management really. Um, I know someone who works at the school that they went to as a student and they are now head of their department and therefore the line manager for their, their former teacher that they had as a student and and it's things like that I mean I know that's that's probably more of a rare thing but it's it's those relationship dynamics that can often be quite challenging if you are a um, younger um, middle leader or head of department it's you know getting everyone on board not only the the less experienced teachers but the more experienced teachers as well and ensuring that everyone's kind of singing from the same hymn sheet if you like and with that it's it's really about making sure that you've got a vision um for what you want your department to be like or your house to be like or your um year group to be like and and then dispersing that vision um throughout your team and that can really be quite challenging not only because um, you know, you may come across uh, people who disagree with you, uh, you know, your line manager may disagree with you, and that can be a challenge in and of itself. Um, but also then making sure that you are acting in a way that also does promote that vision. Um, many people may fall into a um, trap of saying one thing, but then doing another. And being a middle leader is is quite challenging because you, you are literally in the middle. You know, you are you 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 are something to everyone. You know, you are the the role model. You are the um, you know you may be the person that deals with behaviour issues or issues with parents, um, but also making sure that the messages and the um, delegation of what senior leadership team are after is also then 
taken on board and then dispersed amongst your team. And you may also be someone that actually, you know, takes it upon themselves to shield your team as much as possible um, from the demands being given or, um, you know, just trying to reduce the worry, I suppose. And that can just lead to, you know, loads of pressures. And what I really liked about the setup that, that Simon spoke about was the fact that actually they buddy up with another middle leader so that you've got someone to talk to because as a middle leader, you may be thinking, okay, well, who do I talk to? Because, you know, I don't want to um, appear weak or um, out of control um, or not like I know what I'm doing to my team, but I also don't want to give my line manager that impression as well. So it can be quite a, a lonely role. So having another middle leader that you can talk to, I think is a brilliant idea and, and definitely something that um, schools should adopt. And, you know, alongside all of that, you know, you can feel really exposed because you are opening yourself up to potential judgment. You know, one of the um, aspects of being a successful middle leader and, and being successful in your application of a middle leadership is is also being a a strong teacher within the classroom, you know, being able to be a good role model to other people. And often those new additional roles that we take on, they can snowball and overtake and and reduce our ability to effectively teach in the classroom. And that can feel quite exposing because, you know, you may be being put like on a pedestal of being like, right, yep, that's what a role model um, religious studies teacher looks like, for instance. And it's that then pressure to keep maintaining that and you know like a swan looking serene above the water but underneath you might be like paddling like nobody's business and really kind of freaking out and and then that judgment or risk of judgment can also be exposed to like you know SLT because you no longer got someone in between you and SLT to um be a barrier or um not exactly like defend like you weren't doing a good job but just you know there's more people you are more visible to more people and that fear of judgment um can play on your mind and it can make you feel a bit you know it's an additional stress along with the extra workload of course and you know although you may have um directed time you know off your timetable to be able to do the additional bits of work that isn't always um the case so having those skills that simon mentioned you know time management and communication um are really beneficial because without those um you know things can quickly begin to unravel it's i, I still believe that you know middle leadership is i think it is not only like one of the best roles because you are like the spine that's holding the school together but it is one of the most difficult roles as well because you know particularly if you're a young teacher you might be or a young person it might be your first like taste of of leadership and therefore having like a a a training structure if you like in place can really help to actually ensure that you excel and feel supported with that um, I know when I was a middle leader, um, my school provided uh, additional training for middle leadership 
Um, and that really does help to kind of steady yourself as, as you get going, um, but also give you an idea of what senior leadership um, is also like as well, which is really quite cool. So <clears throat> I'm going to give my voice a break as I wasn't here last week because I wasn't feeling very well. My throat is still thinking about um, giving me a good coughing session. So let's um, recap the news and we'll be back with our next interview in a moment. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Department for Education has said it will employ attendance advisors at a rate of up to £500 per day to tackle persistent absence in schools. Schools Minister Robin Walker said, Every lesson that we can prevent a child from missing is another building block to their life chances, development and well-being. I recognise that Covid is still with us and causing some unavoidable absence. But this is all the more reason that we must all take action to address every avoidable reason for a child not being in school. Kevin Courtney, Joint General Secretary of the NEU Teaching Union, said School leaders are no strangers to the diverse causes of absenteeism and have procedures in place to work on relationships with families and build a way back for pupils who have become disengaged from learning. This work is important, but can often be time consuming. Any support forthcoming is to be welcomed, but is also incumbent on government to recognise its role in some of the causes of school absence. This ranges from a narrow and arid curriculum, driven by a culture of testing, which drains much of the pleasure away from learning, right through to the turbulence that disadvantage and poverty can bring to families where children may often have to take on carer roles themselves. We must also consider the sheer number of SEND pupils as yet undiagnosed and the mental health issues which have only increased during the pandemic. Fining parents and punishing students is not the approach that will address these issues. In Scotland, educational institutes are increasingly introducing gender-neutral toilet facilities. Schools in Dundee, East Renfrewshire and Edinburgh have all introduced these facilities following warnings in 2019 from Scottish National Party politicians and by the Scottish Equality and Human Rights Commission that schools would leave themselves open to lawsuits if they did not provide them. Parents across Scotland have, however, raised concerns over gender-neutral toilets in secondary schools, which can see 12-year-old girls and 18-year-old men sharing facilities. Harry Scott, Scottish Borders Councillor, said, Why is it not possible to have male, female and gender-neutral toilets, which would cater for the needs of everyone? Why can that not be achieved in our schools? This has been your daily education news briefing.
Welcome back. So we've been talking about the unique pressures of middle leadership and also what makes a great middle leader. Next, we're going to hear from Tom Summerby, who is a real cool eclectic mix of middle leadership because he's not only a modern foreign languages teacher, but he is also an academic leader for year nine. And he's also um, lead for Key Stage 4 in uh, international business and languages. It's a really cool um, interview. Again, unfortunately, Tom wasn't able to be with me live, so it is a recorded interview. Um, but I really hope that you gain a lot from, from his tips, his thoughts, and actually the fact that he is experiencing um, a, a variety of flexible working um, opportunities. It's a really super place to be. Here's the interview. Hope you enjoy. Okay. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for joining me on Teachers Talk Radio today. Hi, yeah, no problem. Good to be here. <laughs> Fab, it's really nice to have you. So uh, for the listeners um, at home, Tom and I have been well, we used to be colleagues, so we've um, known each other for a while, which is um, really nice to actually have a catch up with uh, someone who, yeah, has, has had similar experiences, I suppose. Um, so what are the middle leadership roles that you have now, Tom? So um, I have two TLRs, so one of which is academic leader for year nine, um, and the other one is I'm, I share a TLR with one of a colleague of mine, uh, which is head of key stage four for languages um so I, I'll, I'll explain what that means <laughs> so the the academic leader which is so academic leader for year nine there's an academic leader for each year group and that basically means we're responsible for uh, pupil premium students and their um academic progress so um especially when reports come out i'll be meeting with um the pupil premium students in year nine and discussing how they can improve all the things they've done well um, and what they need to focus on and then I'll usually meet with each student um, roughly once a term um, sometimes more often if it's needed and sometimes um, a bit less often if it's literally just a five-minute catch-up saying well done you're doing great um, whereas sometimes it's you know I meet them uh, every few weeks um, to check in and and check they're going in the right direction so so that's that role. It's, it's mainly um, analysing the data and then using that to, to speak to, uh, to the kids, basically. Um, whereas the other role, so um, head of Key Stage 4 for languages, um, are, it's as it sounds. Um, so uh, I'm responsible, along with uh, Nikki, who I share the role with, um, responsible for making sure Key Stage 4 runs well in the IBL department, so International Business and Languages. So things like when we have mock exams for year 11, making sure that runs smoothly, making sure all the tiers are correct, whether they're doing foundation or higher, uh, making sure the scheme of work is up to date, everything like that. Um, and any resources at the start of the year are already, um, things like books are being ordered for, um, for revision guides and, and everything like that. So, so yeah, those are the two roles. They're quite different um, to each other. Um, one's more pastoral and one's more um, academic. Um, but I, yeah, I really enjoy both of them. I'm really glad I could, could do uh, both alongside each other. 
That sounds so cool. And, and actually that variety as well. And you've been teaching, is it three years now that you've been teaching? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is my third year of teaching. Although if this year is not affected by COVID, this will be my first non-COVID affected year of, um, of teaching. So that'll be quite nice. Um, but, but yeah, so still pretty new to it. Um, and also quite um, ambitious and looking to... Um, to uh, for various uh, other roles and promotions as it goes along. So both, so these roles are quite a good. I'm not really sure this yet the direction I'd like to go, whether that's a pastoral role or academic role. So it's quite nice to have, be able to try out both um, alongside each other quite early on in my in my career. So yeah, it's really cool. And and like you said, actually, yeah, you've not yet had a year that isn't affected by COVID. So to be doing that and two different roles on top of being a teacher in the classroom sounds really impressive <laughs> it's well it's um it's a lot to juggle and the school is really supportive with that as well so um get some obviously get some uh what do you call it but like off timetable time to do it so the academic leader time is um i've got to meet the kids during the school day so um that's uh, I get three tutor times where I uh, meet the, the students and then also um, uh, an hour, uh, sorry, a couple of hours a week, um, again, where I, instead of teaching, I'm out um, and about in the school, um, getting kids out of lessons, chat to them for a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, it's not as if it's just all the normal teaching plus all of this. Um, they, there is a bit of time um, to... Uh, to actually do the jobs <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of like time management how do you juggle those different roles within your days or weeks yeah um so it's yeah it's really important to be organized i use um use an app called trello if you've heard of it which is basically a list making app um, that i use to organize everything so if i if i lost my login details for that i'd be in trouble um <laughs> And and just um, uh, I think you said actually on a uh, went to an event last week where you were speaking and one of the things you said was about um, making sure you dedicate you know give yourself a set amount of time to do something and make sure it's done in that time um, it doesn't always work exactly to plan but that that is a a really good um, really important thing because like in teaching you can be a perfectionist and one task like you can plan one lesson it could take you a, take two days if you want to make it absolutely perfect um so you've got to yeah you've got to prioritize and and give a set amount of time and and sometimes um good is good enough um, and you've got to get it you've got to move on to the next to the next thing but um i do also find that it's quite so i'm a career changer so having i've only been in teaching for three three years four if you include bgce but um, before that, I had a job that was um, quite demanding, like quite, um, yeah, quite demanding. I had to work quite long hours um, and lots of different things to juggle. And so kind of that kind of kind of just used to that. So I, I do tend to get my work done. I stay at school um, uh, like for a few hours after, after lessons finish um, and then make sure I don't take my work home um, in the evening. I do a little bit at the weekend, but but generally I try and get it all done at school. And I find that separation from school to, to home really helps me fit um yeah, separate things and, and make sure I'm productive when I'm when I'm working. So, so yeah. 
it sounds like you've got really clear boundaries the fact that not only that physical boundary of work goes at school and home is for home but I suppose also that kind of mental thing of it probably helps you to then not only say right this is the set time that I'm going to do my academic leader work and that's all I'm going to focus on but also I suppose maybe once you're home in the evenings it's it's your time and you can hopefully switch off yeah absolutely I remember um so I, uh, one of the placement schools I was at on my PGC one of my head of department when I was there um uh, so you may know I play ultimate frisbee um that's my hobby <laughs> outside of school and um yeah, he was like, oh, what do you enjoy doing? I was like, well, yeah, I play frisbee every Tuesday night. Um, and he finished his quite late. He was like, well, keep doing that. I was like, yeah, that's a really good tip because having that, I know I do it every week um, and I enjoy it and I prioritise that. Like if, I don't know, if I've got work to do, I'd make sure you know, I go to frisbee as my priority or, um, yeah, whatever you've scheduled in. If I've scheduled in, you know, dinner with um, my partner or whatever it might be, that takes priority. and then everything else kind of fits around um so i think uh, yeah i think that's that's really important um, once you've made social plans or personal plans don't blow them off <laughs> i love that and I, I one of the things i'm really enjoying about you know being on teachers talk radio is actually talking to teachers that have got their priorities right the fact that they've said right yeah teaching goes around my life it's not the other way around and the fact that you keep going to Ultimate Frisbee um, and that you do things with your partner and it's like that's that's your priority and you've committed to doing that is really healthy. And I hope other people hear this and are inspired to follow suit, really. Yeah, it's good. And it works for me, but it, don't get me wrong. It's, I mean, uh, she still complains a lot if I, you know, I'll, if I'm working late, I'll get home late a lot. So it's, it's not like, um, yeah, it's not like a, it's yeah it's it's having that it's finding the time like it's for it's prioritizing the things that you you yeah you, you pick for me anyway so like um teaching is a lot of work like you you, you know <laughs> um there's lots to do um and yeah I, I like you work a lot um but i think it's important to pick yeah to pick things that you prioritize as well yeah cool so what are like the the top qualities you think that make a, a, a good middle leader if someone is is thinking yeah you know I'm early in my career and I, I want to go into a leadership what what qualities should a person be looking out for in themselves um so it's a good question I would I would say it's really important to be organized um mainly because things happen like if you're in teaching this is already the case, actually, in, in normal teaching. Things will just happen that are out of your control and your best laid plans suddenly disappear. Um, but even more so, I'd say, in um, in the other roles. So you, if you, like, in the morning, for example, I might get in fully planning to, to get something done, to get some lessons planned for the next day or whatever it might be, and then something comes up um, and there's an hour gone when you're trying to chase after something or, or get something ready for, for other people in your department. And it's entirely, I mean, it's not their fault. It's entirely your role and that's what it is, but that's what, um, yeah, that can happen. Uh, and I would say it happens in teaching a lot, but even more, um, in that, that middle leadership role. Um, 
so just be ready to be reactive um okay. as much like be proactive as much as you can but also be ready to be reactive um to what happens cool yeah i, I suppose it's kind of this is something i never did as a teacher so uh, this is like hindsight speaking i suppose of having that like buffer zone where you say right actually i've got a half an hour block where i haven't planned to do anything because something will happen where that gets filled or i can shift things around and yeah have been proactive and reactive at the same time yeah it's it's strange um so part of my um academic leader role uh, an hour a week i'm based in the spl office so the senior pastoral uh, leaders office um partly to help out with anything that's happening down there but also partly uh, uh, it was intentionally done to give academic, academic leaders experience of what that role would be like with a view to um in the future taking on those um kind of responsibilities of a pastoral lead and um and yeah sometimes i sit in there for an hour and nothing going on and sometimes you sit in there for an hour and you can't imagine how many different things happen. So it really is, you know, it depends what, what's happening in the school. Like the, um, uh, it, yeah, it's, um, what do you call it, peaks and troughs. Um, and, and yeah, so there's always something to do in teaching. So there's always something, there was always planning to be done or there's marking to be done. Um, so it's kind of those things that can be, can fit in time until something else pops up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and things always do pop up in, in teaching, for sure. Awesome. Um, I want to go back to your Key Stage 4 role that you have in um, International Business and Languages, where it's, it's a shared TLR, so you're, you're doing it with another colleague. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about how that came about and, and what it's like sharing a job role with someone else. Yeah, so um, it came about because so I already had my academic leader role, and I I wanted, um, as I said earlier, I wanted more experience in different roles, so pastoral and academic. Um, but the um, well, partly I couldn't have both because the if I, the whole um, key stage four role would be it's going to get this right two TLR two B, and you couldn't hold a two A and a two B because um, the two B is too too much work. Um, so I would have had to share it with someone. But also, when I applied for it, I was um, I was an NQT, so I also felt very much like uh, <laughs> this is I don't know what I'm doing. It's quite early. So um, and Nikki, who I share it with, with was on maternity leave at the time and coming back uh, in the September when it would have started. Um, so it kind of worked out really well. We like I can't remember who asked the other person, um, but then we yeah we just said look doing this and and um and yeah so it works really well um she works part-time at the moment three days a week and i'm there five days a week um but we share the work of the role 50 50. um she'd done it previously before she went on maternity she'd shared the role with another teacher before so she she knew how it worked um and and it gave her a chance to she she had twins so coming back to school it gave her a chance to to still do her her tlr while part-time um and it gave me a chance to get that experience so um so yeah it worked really well um and and yeah we really really enjoy working together don't worry i've asked i've asked nikki this and she agrees we really enjoy working together <laughs> um, and you do sometimes feel i don't know i think i i'd like i think we're both quite 
quite proactive and, and good at it. So sometimes I feel like, oh, well, she's doing all this. I need to <laughs> need to help with this. And I, and I think she feels the same sometimes. Like, oh, Tom's... So as long as we're talking and communicating, I think, um, yeah, I think we're both, uh, we're both really good at, at sharing that and, um, and getting everything done. So. That's really cool. It's, it's, it's really cool that that opportunity is available. Um, I'm hoping to do a show in later on about flexible working because it is so vital. And like you said, it opens up opportunities for staff members that may be part time and just helps them keep that leadership experience. And, and communication, like you said, sounds like it's, it's the key thing that really helps it to work between two different people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like with me, because flexible working, you're right, is normally about allowing people to go part time or, uh, yeah, so that's normally what it's based around. Whereas there are, yeah, for me, it's, it wasn't that at all. I'm, I'm very new in my career and I'm, I'm full time, but it, it helped me in a different way, um, allowing me to get that experience. So there's lots of, lots of ways it can, yeah, it can be beneficial to people. Yeah, cool. It's amazing to hear. So we're coming to the, the end of our time together and it's been really yeah. nice to have this chat. Um, I suppose my last question that I have for you is what's the very best thing about being a middle leader in a school? Um, so I, I think the more you, um, well, with my roles anyway, and you, you get more of an impact on the school. So whether that can be to the students or to your colleagues. So like, I think my academic leader role, I can very much see the impact of that. A lot of the time, <laughs> um, to you know, I, I'm working with specific students, um, often from disadvantaged backgrounds, um, and you can really see that that impact um, on those specific students um, even more than you would as a teacher, where you'd see them. I mean, as a languages teacher, I'd see a student three times a fortnight. Um, so I think that's a really a really good thing. And then my key stage four role. Um, you get an yeah you get an impact on on your colleagues as well so like the the scheme of work like what will be what I'll be teaching um and then making sure everything's organized for you know mocks for exams for everything like that um can have a really good uh, positive impact on on your colleagues and their um you know, their workload effectively if you do your job right um it doesn't go right all the time <laughs> um <laughs> but um but yeah so i think i think that's the thing um with promotions you get a more direct impact because you're trusted more um to do that so that's the thing i like uh, i like the most nice that sounds really cool and yeah i i hope that this keeps going forward for you because it's <laughs> loads of experience and i mean what would you love to do next um so the more i see that i took both the roles to to kind of get an idea of pastoral or academic and at the moment I'm probably leaning more towards the pastoral side um so the next the next role whenever that happens will, will likely I guess be a head of year um role something like that um but you never know um I, I enjoy the academic side as well so yeah we'll we'll see um, but yeah always looking for those those opportunities um and mom's free school the square worker is um is really good for that actually there's lots um quite a big school and and there's often um yeah different opportunities um coming up so yeah. 
Nice, cool. Well, it's been amazing to talk to you, Tom, and thank you so much for spending your evening with me. No, no problem at all. Nice to see you, Gemma. And I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>
you know, giving yourself that permission to just kind of pause, you know, grab a cup of tea, grab a coffee, actually go to the toilet because you actually need to go to the toilet rather than putting it off for hours at a time. And and just kind of giving yourself that permission to just pause for a moment because that those moments of pause, those moments of reflections are really what can bring us greater presence day to day. Um, but also it, it then brings greater joy and gratitude because you're like, yeah, no, I'm doing a really good job. I've got the buffer time if I need it. It's not needed right now. I've earned myself a five minute break, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's just really super. And and like um, both Tom and Simon said, you know, communication really is so valuable and so key. And and just kind of, you know, we we can often feel like we're second guessing what other people think and what other people are thinking about ourselves or thinking about a particular situation, but instead kind of like stripping down the ego and being, you know, open about what you're thinking or what you're feeling so that you can really facilitate that conversation and um, build that relationship is so much more effective than assuming you assume you make an ass out of you and me um, or presuming which is less appropriate to say and it's it can be really beneficial to just have that it 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 means being vulnerable which I know as a teacher, you know, we often want to keep away from being vulnerable, but it may be that actually that moment of communication is to step, step up and say, you know, this is how I'm viewing the situation. It would be great to have a chat about it or, or whatever it might be, if there's a, an issue of conflict or, uh, you know, a, a gap um, that's not being covered um, by someone else, whatever it might be, just kind of having that the being courageous to to step in and say this isn't yet working what can we do to to make it better and and with that it's it's really important to utilize your team and to really have a, a firm grasp of what's urgent and what's important and for this you can make a really useful um quadrant if you like so you know if you have four squares and the top two squares above them it says important above both and uh, on the left-hand side, next to both squares, so if the squares like in a, in a clump of four, um, urgent on the left of each one. No, let me correct myself. The top ones say important and then not important, and the ones on the left say import, um, urgent and not urgent. And then plotting your to-do list in that quadrant so that you are establishing what is actually urgent and important and needs to be done right now? What is important but not urgent and needs to be planned out? What is not important but urgent? Is it something that you can delegate? And what is not important and not urgent and can be binned and doesn't have to be done? And really kind of utilizing the team around you. And in this, I, you know, I would encourage you to also include the students, you know, what can the students be doing to also help you? They are part of your team. And that can be a really useful way of kind of just laying out in front of you everything that you need to do. Because, you know, if you just write it in the traditional like to-do list, you're just kind of like, well, I'm overwhelmed now. What, what's the first thing that I need to do? Um, putting deadlines next to things is, is useful or color coding things, but actually putting them in that quadrant, what's important, what's urgent? what needs my attention now um, and be more proactive rather than reactive can give you a firmer 
footing and make you um, feel that you are on top of things and that you um, have a firmer understanding of, of, of what is required of you each day. And not only that, that then really does help to solidify the achievements of, of what you do that. Yeah, okay, maybe you don't get everything done on your to do list at the end of the day. Let's face it, how many of us actually do. But acknowledging that what you did do was a good use of your time and that it was relevant and that it benefited you and your team and your students. And then when you leave school at the end of the day, you know, checking in with your contactability as well. Are you easily contactable? Um, and, and what is your kind of own policy on that, I suppose? Um, I was interested that Simon says, you know, he will respond to emails. He has them on his phone and, and that's the the step that he's chosen to take. And again, if, if that's also you, if you've got your um, emails on your phone, consider your contactability. Are you giving yourself the time to switch off and replenish and kind of take off the teacher mask at the end of each day? If so, fab. If not, maybe something to explore because that way you're not allowing yourself to like recharge and rest and and switch off from school. And, you know, as middle leaders, it, we can feel more pressure to be switched on all the time because we've taken on that extra role of responsibility when actually um, demonstrating good practice and switching off and saying to your team, it is totally okay for you to switch off. And, and, you know, I don't expect to see emails from anyone after five o'clock or whatever it might be. Um, an alternative um, way of exploring that, that I heard was um, that everyone can send emails whatever time they want. You know, if you've had your brilliant idea at 10 o'clock at night, then that's fine. Um, but everyone should have their notifications off. So at least then um, you're not being disturbed. You're not disturbing other people during their time away from school, um, even if that's the time that you work more effectively. And it is just it is just finding those little techniques or little ideas or little tips that really do just help you to um, excel at middle leadership because it is it's a privilege to be a middle leader in a school and it, and it's a, a, an amazing role not only for yourself in terms of that career experience but also because um, as Tom said it's a brilliant ability and um, opportunity to have a more positive impact on you know, the school community, the students. And, and that's ultimately, you know, what we go into teaching to do is to make a difference. Um, um, by focusing on those actions that you do take during the day that do make a difference and that do benefit um, your students and benefit your team as well. Let's not um, discount the adults in the um, teaching community or in the school community. Um, it can be really rewarding. So we've explored so much in today's show. We have um, initially started with the teacher wellbeing index uh, from education support and the fact that, you know, it's a tricky situation in education at the moment. There is a lot of stress. There is a lot of overwhelm. Um, but there are ways that this can be improved and being able to talk to people um, either at work or outside of your school can make a huge difference. We've explored what the 
benefits and the challenges are of being a middle leader. And we've listened to two amazing middle leaders as well. So thank you so much to Simon West and Tom Somerby for sharing their experiences um, and their um, knowledge as well. And we've heard some tips, different things that you can be doing to um, make your life as a middle leader even more effective, um, but also, um, you know, enjoy life a bit more um, and enjoy your job a bit more as well. So it's come to the end for me today. Um, hi, beautiful host. Thank you, Grace and the Faith, Saved by Grace and the Faith of God. Nice little um, message at the end. Um, next show on tonight is Rich Wrigley at 10 o'clock. So do uh, make sure that you can join him then. Um, you can always catch up on this show on uh, as a podcast on any of your favorite listening platforms. And I will see you again soon. Have an amazing week and look after yourselves. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.